Welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I got all the gentlemen with me on the podcast. So, gentlemen, would you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, this is Rob Spikestra, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Kenor, Pastoral Assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. And today I am going to pass the mic over to Pastor Rob, and he's going to introduce today's topic. Okay, yeah. Well, today's topic really comes out of my own personal experience. You were talking about you, you always introduce this podcast as Everyday Rhythms of Life. And one of those rhythms that we all have to face along the way is, of course, death. And that is something that I had to face this past week, really kind of a process of dying this past week with regards to my nephew. So my nephew passed away um, on Tuesday. I pretty much know that almost the moment he passed away, my sister was texting me as she was having to, her and her husband having to watch her son kind of suffer the pains of what it means to go through, go through death. Mm. And it took about five or six days. And, uh, but, uh, and so he passed away. He passed away about 1230 on Tuesday. My sister texted me and said, he's gone. And then I was able to text back and say, and he's home. And so on this side of things, the beauty of it is, so as we go into this podcast, is that uh, we are people of joy uh, in the midst of uh, mourning and the loss of my nephew, uh, we are people of joy because uh, he rested in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He, uh, my sister and my brother-in-law both uh, know, know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so uh, to tell the truth, it was probably worse on, the, on uh, kind of going through that process of death and the, and the suffering that my, uh, my nephew had to go through. And I tell you what, uh, death, th- you know, really threw all it could at him. Uh, he really went through some, some pretty ugly suffering the last days. It wasn't, it was not easy. It was not an easy time for my sister and my brother-in-law. But in the end, death did not win. Uh, Then that's because, of course, Christ and his resurrection, uh, really his death and his resurrection, uh, that is, that's, that was made it possible for us now to have joy. And so as we even think about Christ, when he went to the cross, the last words he said, it is finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when he said it was finished, that's when, it, that's when he won. He, he won, and, uh, he, and so he was able to um, usher, and he is able to usher anyone into eternity uh, because of his resurrection. And so that's the confidence that we have for my, uh, for my uh, uh, nephew. Yeah. Now, I bring up that resurrection because I think this is an important thing to be thinking about um, in terms of, well, now, now what? Now, what, what happens with the body? Um, and so this is a question that has been raised is, uh, do we bury the body or do we burn the body? And of course, I'm talking about crea- crea- uh, cremation, but kind of like to really say burn because that's what we're physically doing to this, this body. And so we, you have to ask the question, should we bury? Is it a Christian thing to bury or is it a Christian thing to cremate or yeah. to burn the body? Um, now, how, how, do you, how do you suppose most people... Um, think about this in terms of uh, uh, as believers or as Christians or maybe even non-Christians? How do you think it's being sold right now? Well, I think typically I have heard pushback and say, hey, it doesn't really matter. We're not the body. We're, we're a soul or we're a spirit. So that's, I've heard people say at an at a open casket funeral, 
that's not Johnny over there. Mm-hmm. Johnny's in a better place. That's not him anymore. Right. Um, communicate things like that. And then I've also heard that it is, um, you know, there's economic reasons why we yeah. do it. It's cheaper. Some people say it's better for the environment. Some people say, I mean, there's just all kind of um, different responses that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Anything else yeah. from you guys? I think, too, like you were saying, I just think the uh, cost, right? I mean, yeah. when you look at it, it's a lot of money to bring you into this world, and it's a, a lot it takes to, you know, take you out. And when you're looking at the thousands and thousands of dollars that maybe people have not planned, you know, to, to bury someone, it's just like, what's the what's the cheaper option? We love them, but at the same time, we want to respect them. But what does it look like to, to move forward in that? So Yeah, and it, it, you, you, you know, probably hit it right on it. It's this economic question. It's yeah, it's much less expensive to uh, to cremate than it is to uh, actually bury bury the body, yeah. and, and and there's some things we can talk about that uh, at the end perhaps um, of how we can might make this work better. But uh, that now now we're making decisions based upon economics. But we're, what we need to be doing is asking the question: Well, what does Scripture say? What does yeah. why is it? In other words, we could ask the question: Why is it that many non-Christian countries that Predominantly, they actually burn the bodies of yeah. you know of those who ha- have died. Versus uh, countries where Christianity has come, we're downstream from Christianity, and uh, so we probably need to be asking the question: Is it a Christian thing to do to bury versus uh, to to burn? And um, yeah. yeah, okay. So the so the podcast theme today, that we're answering the question: Should Christians mm-hmm. cremate? Their bodies. Right. Should yeah. Christians cremate their loved ones? Right. That's right. The, the question. That's we're answering ultimately today. the question we're asking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and as we do, we need to go. We need to think biblically, right? Yeah. We need to think mm-hmm. scripturally. Yeah. Um, all right. So. Yeah. So the first place that I turn to is oh, before we get to uh, oh, the biblical okay. piece. Like, what is like tradition uh, for a lot of people? What What do they normally do? Um, is it Is it that they burn someone in honor? Um, what is that What does that look like? You mean in terms of cremation yes, itself? Yeah, well, yeah. I think that uh, again, I'll go back and what is your tradition? It's not much of a tradition in the Western Western culture, and it's not mm. certainly not a tradition here in the United States. For the most part, uh, because we are a Christian nation, or at least we're founded as a Christian nation, burial was just the typical. That's that's the tradition that so, we have. But I don't know yeah. if anybody's thought about why we. Well, do let that. me let me since we started here instead of we in, instead of going. I know. Uh, we were going to go to scripture, but we started in tradition. So let's okay. just, let's start here. Okay. Why is it you go to any small town, including our own, and if you find a, an old church, what's out back? Graveyard. Graveyard. Yeah. Graveyard out back, right? Um, Christians historically bury their dead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And pagan nations don't. Yeah. Pagan nations burn them. Pagan nations drown them. Uh, pagan nations do different things with the body. Um, Indian cultures um, practiced uh, the Hindu practice of sati, if you've ever heard of sati. Mm-hmm. Sati was when the husband dies, they they oh, yes. put him inside this big, uh, it's called a funeral pyre. Mm-hmm. It's a big pile of wood. Yeah. And then his wife c- crawls on top of it alive mm-hmm. and they light it on fire. With her alive? With her alive. Wow. And she dies with him. Mm. And the only reason that practice is not still practiced is because Christians colonialized Mm -hmm. India. Okay, now everybody hates the colonialists and 
hates the Christian empirist and hates us spreading our culture. But part of us spreading our culture was outlawing the practice of sati, women climbing up on the funeral pile willingly and burning themselves with their husband's corpse. Yeah. Mm. And of course, that is all being pressed forward by a particular worldview that they had. And the, yeah. you, you said the woman willingly did this. Well, that was because part of the worldview was that this was, you know, this was to make, cause them to enter into a, a better state, if you yeah. will. You know, yeah. So obviously, wow. so yeah. they, they believe the body is bad mm-hmm. and that immaterial is better. So spirit is better. So to burn the body upon cremation is to set your soul free from the body. Yeah, there you go. Okay, Native Americans had a very similar view yep. as well. They they did all kind of different things. They buried, it's not burying, they put their Native American brothers and sisters up in trees and allowed them to be consumed by animals mm-hmm. and different things. They had all kind of different practices. But the idea was, the unchristian idea, that the flesh is bad, the yep. body is bad, and the spirit is good, and, and they should we should do something with the corpse to, quote-unquote, free the spirit from the body, mm-hmm. to reach an enlightened state or, or whatever. Yep. Okay, so that's a, that's a good segue for us in terms of the view of the body. So here is probably a good way of, of moving towards what is the view of the body uh, that Christians hold, hold on to. Well, what season are we in? Advent. We're in Advent season, and it's pointing towards, or at least we're looking back towards, we are looking back towards uh, on Christmas Day, the day in which we would acknowledge that Jesus Christ was born or incarnation. Mm -hmm. So right away, we know, even within our season now, uh, we know that God looks upon the body as not as something as evil or something to be separated from, but rather, remarkably so, that God, who is eternally spirit, took on a body. He took on flesh. Yeah. That's just just remarkable. You know, that mm-hmm. that idea in of itself in comparison to all other religions is it sets it is one thing that sets Christianity yeah. apart. Uh, is that very fact. Because yeah. this is the only God who put on flesh. Yes. Yeah. Who added to his divinity humanity. Yes. Because everyone else thought that the flesh was cursed. Right. And he came get, as flesh. Get, yes, right. Yeah. right. So get rid of it, you know, get rid of it. And so, yeah, so so right away we know just even through uh, what God has done in terms of yeah. incarnation that he sees the body in a completely different way than we would see it in our fallen state, that it actually is good. And not only that, and I think some people get really surprised by this, is that not only did he take on flesh, but of course, what did he do? He rose again from the dead, had flesh, still had flesh, yeah. you know, so he didn't somehow separate himself from that flesh after he died, but rather he rose from the dead in flesh and he ascended into heaven in his body. So first off, you're saying Jesus wasn't cremated. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Immediately we see that Jesus wasn't cremated. Yeah, Not, he was okay. buried. So let's, yeah. let's get into this. Okay. Think about, the Bible's specific about what went on. Very specific. About his, his burial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, his body was taken down from the cross. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just thrown in the ditch or something. Mm-hmm, or it wasn't mm-hmm, burned. Mm-hmm. He was prepared, right? He even was prepared for burial. burial. Remember that? Yep. By the, yep. the woman right. uh, that, that poured the anointing on his head or, or the, 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 and oh, washed right. his feet and all in, that. In advance of his in death. In advance yes, of his death. Yes, yes, right. And then, and then they used, uh, you know, they wrapped him in cloth and used a lot of spices and mm-hmm. d- different things, carefully prepared him for burial and then put him in inside of a tomb, yep. and then cl- closed that that tomb up. So this was a this was a very thoughtful and 
you would say for for his day and age a traditional mm. and honorable yeah. burial. Yeah, right. 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 And I think what we typically, I, I think we might dismiss those details as, oh, that's just what they did in the day. That's what they did within that culture. But there's more going on there in the sense that obviously we got scripture, scripture is authoritative, and we should be paying attention to the details of what's going on there, mm-hmm. particularly with our Lord. Uh, but then what happens is he, he is raised from the dead with a body. And that's what's yeah. so remarkable is he's with a body. As a matter of fact, when he first comes out of the tomb, it's Mary who doesn't exactly recognize him, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think it was Mary yep. that comes yeah. in and, and is thinking maybe he is the gardener or something yeah. that's in this garden where the tomb is is at. And so there's something very unique. Is it Martha? And, 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 uh, it is Mary. Mary. I think okay. it is Mary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's something very unique about his body that she doesn't immediately recognize him until he says, I can't remember what the words he says to her, that all of a sudden she realizes, oh, this is the Lord. I mean, he, he, she immediately knows now this yeah. is the Lord by what, what she had said. But even if he's wrapped, right, it would be, was it white wrapping? He was wrapped, but he was unwrapped yeah. by this mm-hmm. point yeah. because we know that because of what Peter and John saw when they yeah. went in there. They did see his wrapping, and it was, it was taken up. Mm-hmm. So this is in his new body. Uh, and, and so then he's, he's in his new body. He, he, he eats later mm-hmm. on. You know, and that was, of course, for our sake to know that this isn't some kind of spiritual being. This is a real human being. Yeah. Well, he's not like Casper. No, know, he's, he's not, not like Casper. Not, not Casper the friendly ghost. He's not, not at all. And it's interesting, yeah. too, as we remember the, the men along the, the uh, going to Emmaus, mm-hmm. and he walks along with them. They don't recognize him, even though they have been there in Jerusalem, until he breaks the bread, and then there is this recognition, oh, so these probably were one of the 12 disciples uh, who recognizes as he's breaking bread, this is Jesus. And so there is, there's something very special and unique about this new raised body that doesn't make it immediately be able to identify that this is Jesus until he begins to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, what does he do? He's, he ascends into heaven in this body. And yeah. what I think is surprising to us, because we don't think about it, is that he is going to have that body for the rest of eternity. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he, he has a, physical bo- body. a physical body. Mm-hmm. So as you think about those, so I can think about my nephew who is now with the Lord. The Lord has a physical body, and yep. he, he met Jesus, and, you know, Jesus had this physical body. So, so right there we know, um, and, and, and it's interesting, too, because even Paul then, as he's beginning to think about our state after we die, he says it is not good to be in that intermediate state that he's actually looking forward. So when I talk about the intermediate state, I'm talking about the fact that he says it's not good to not be clothed. Um, he, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He is referring to the fact that we die, and we don't die with a resurrected, bo- resurrected body. Uh, we, are, we are not in that final state until Jesus Christ returns. And so it's in this, this, this in-between state. He says, that's, that's good. It's to be with the Lord, but it's not, not complete. Yeah, so when you die now and you go to paradise you go to heaven mm. you do not receive your physical body right you you would be a disembodied mm. soul yeah mm-hmm. and paul says that's not good yeah. i mean it's it's paradise it's better than where we are now but it's not complete it's yeah. not the end goal of our salvation right. the right. end goal of our salvation is to get a new body mm. new creation yeah. right new creation a new creation body just like jesus got so our soul or spirit and our new body will live together again. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what 
that's the the goal. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Go ahead. Well, so, no, I, I think that, you know, so you could say, well, okay, well, you, we know God. He can, he can take, he can, he, he's going to be able to bring all the, I guess you'd call it the atoms all together in this new resurrected body. So it doesn't matter whether or not we just bury them or, you know, maybe, maybe it's cheaper. So let's just, let's just burn them. Let's burn them up. Well, I would say, no, let's not. And here, here's the reason why, because God has given us some pretty clear teaching here in 1 Corinthians 15. When he's talking about the resurrection, he's talking about what it means for our bodies to be buried. And so, uh, for instance, he says, um, see, uh, in, in verse 37 of 1 Corinthians 15, 37, he says, What you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps oh. of wheat or of some other grain. Mm. Now, what's he referring to there when he's saying the body that you sow? He's referring to burial. Just yeah. as you sow a seed, you mm-hmm. bury a seed in the dirt, and that seed becomes a new thing, right? It grows mm-hmm. up to a stalk of corn. We're in Iowa, right? Um, that that seed won't become what it's supposed to become unless it's buried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's saying your, our bodies are like that seed, that our bodies are meant to be when they're when we when we pass away, they're meant to be buried into the ground, right? Yeah. And then later they'll become something different, right? Mm. Right. So it's it's burial. The reason we have Christian burial is it's symbolic of what is to still happen to or to occur. So as Christians, we are when we are burying the body, what we are doing is we are by faith expressing to the world. To those who come to that funeral, we're expressing to them that we believe that there is something coming still better, which is this resurrection. And so it is a physical uh, act of faith for others to see, and really for ourselves to be reminded again of the good news, and that is that... uh, there is going to be a resurrection yeah. and that what Christ has called us to is not to just some disembodied state, but yeah. to, to a new body, which, which has great implications for what we do today in life. Yeah. You know, our bodies are not our own. Yeah. And so because our bodies are not our own, we have, uh, it, it, Christ, in First Corinthians 6, it says that Christ, he purchased our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so important for us to remember mm-hmm. that our bodies are not just something to be thrown around and be used however we yeah. want to be used mm-hmm. as if, it's, if, it, if it means nothing. It means everything. Yeah. He said, I, I died in order that you might have a new body and so, you know, use and your bodies for Christ. I don't think I've ever thought of the fact that being buried is a picture of the gospel. Yeah, oh, Absolutely. As yeah. Jesus Christ was buried and he was resurrected, when they put my dead body in the ground, that is a picture of what they did to my Lord and he was resurrected out of the body and he's going to resurrect my body as well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so having a funeral, <clears throat> excuse me, having a funeral where you would have a visitation or a funeral ceremony and then you would, you would follow that casket to the Mm -hmm. uh, cemetery Mm -hmm. and then you watch that person be put into the ground Mm. that's my favorite part of doing a funeral Mm -hmm. you know that's my favorite part of being Mm -hmm. at a funeral because the picture of burying of planting this person and from this grave will spring new creation Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah it's an amazing 
promise of the gospel and picture of the gospel and testimony to those who put their faith in Christ. Yeah. yeah and sure. you don't get any of that with a cremation. No, mm-hmm. no, not at all. I think when you look at scripture, it's like almost anything that you see that brings new life has to die, right? We have to die to our old self right. so that we can be with Christ and we can get, we, we, we are, you know, having faith in him. And the same is true for when we are in the ground. Yep. You know, that's, that's good. Yeah, listen, listen to how he continues to write here uh, in, in talking about this, this physical body that we're actually putting into the ground. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. So he's talking about, you know, again, physically putting in a perishable, a perishable body, a body that's corrupt. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Mm. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. Mm. So just this picture that he's helping uh, us to see uh, that this body that's going in, it's got a lot of flaws, a lot of problems with it. And it's, it's, it looks, it's, you know, you, you, what does he say there? It's, it's in dishonor, you know, it's, it's, it's not beautiful anymore. It's ugly. It's, it's a, it's a natural body, but it's, a, it's all going to be, the good news is it's all going to be raised and it's going to be raised as a new body, a, a spiritual body. And, and so when we say spiritual body, we're not talking about a ghost again. We're talking about it's a new body that has a spirit in it, a new spirit um, uh, that will be raised in power. I mean, it's just a, it's a, a marvelous picture of the gospel. So, so yeah. is it that the new body, so is it that the spirit and the new body meet once? Right. They, um, the second coming of Christ? Well, and, and here here is, yes, in, in the second coming of Christ. And it's interesting, another word that is used here in, and it's, it's used here and in some other places, but it's... Uh, it talks about those who are sown in the ground that they're sleeping. You know, so we have this word sleep also. And it'll talk about being sleep. And you use the word cemetery. That word comes from the Latin, which means sleeping place. Yeah. Mm, so the cemetery is a sleeping place. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Jesus. That's the word Jesus used when he visited the tomb of Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He's not dead. He's he said he's not dead. He's asleep. He's asleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. I was just going to say, it's, it's interesting. So when I was preparing for this, I was thinking about, um, there's a council of the church in 1139, right? And so some of the, the Catholic church specifically. And so some of the, the fruit of that council were, they're called canons, right? Decisions from the Catholic sure. church. And a lot of these were, um, I think one of them, they decreed that anybody who died in a tournament, in a, in a joust, think, you know, knights on horses, should be denied Christian burial, right? And so burial historically to the Christian has been, I mean, there's a reason we call it the last rites, right? Burial mm. is, is supposed to be something we joyfully engage in, and so it was a punishment to withhold burial. And even um, if you think burning the martyrs at the stake, right? the goal was destroy the body so they can't be buried. And it was common practice in, in the early church for the followers of the martyrs to kind of gather together as much of the body as possible hmm. to bury it. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so, yeah. So historically we can see how the church has looked at it yeah. in yeah. terms of both burial and in terms of burning. So let's go with that word burning for just a minute, because you got to also think about, when we think about scripture, how is burning so often referred to? In what context is it referred to? Judgment. Yeah, judgment. Yeah. 
Yeah. So often, you know, Jesus, so many times he talks about, you know, it would be better, you know, it'd be better to do this or that than to be burned. You know, in terms of judgment, he talks about judgment as being that of, of, of burning. Or, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah. What do we do? We, it, was, it was a burning. Or you think back in uh, uh, Achan, yep. who when he sinned back in the Old Testament, he, they, when, he, when he sinned, they took him and his family and they, they stoned him, but then they burned they burned him. They, you know, it, it is a, it is, you know, all the way through Scripture, it is is spoken of in the context of, of judgment. So it's not a good picture <laughs> of a Christian who has died in Christ to be burned because it's really speaking towards judgment, and that is not true of those yeah. in Christ. Let me tell you. Let me think about one other thing, aspect of this. <clears throat> so many times in, in the Old Testament. You, you hear the men speaking of the graves of their fathers. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, right? Like where their father was buried. Mm-hmm. My father was buried here in this land. Or, or um, uh, Joseph's father, when he dies, he wants his bones to be carried back to the land of his yes. father. And he wants to be buried in the lands of his father. Yes. And to be buried is to... <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you're being buried, you're being sown, mm-hmm. you're literally putting down roots there. <laughs> That's what a seed does, right? A right. seed germinates right. and it puts down roots there. Yeah. Right. And it connects you to the land. It connects you to a specific place. Mm-hmm. And it, it, uni- it, 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 it unites you there and it gives you, it gives you permanence. Where if you burn someone's body... No, no, with that, with that permanence, anytime you want to, well, let me just say, like anytime you, you're thinking about your grandma or you're thinking about your father who has passed away, maybe on his birthday, what would a Christian do? A Christian would go visit his grave sure. or visit her grave. They would go and they would put flowers on the grave and they would visit the grave and they would, um, if they're Christians, they, they would know my heavenly, my, my mom, my grandma, she's in heaven right now and she's looking down on me right now, like I am living with my forefathers watching me mm. and I want to do them proud. And I, I, I'm realizing that I'm connected to the past and these are my people and this is my place yeah. and I owe them uh, a good life, right? Yeah. I owe yeah. them. I, I'm carrying on this family name. I'm carrying on this family faith. This is my people. This is my land. And I owe them. I owe them something, yeah. right? And so that's, that, keeps you, that keeps you connected to your roots, your, your family line and your faith line in a very real, tangible way. You go visit a gravesite, mm-hmm. right? Now, in the Old Testament, when they burned Achan and his family, that is to cut off his line. One, the greatest judgment, actually, the greatest judgment, I think, in almost all of Scripture is for a family line to remain childless and to be cut off. Yeah. Right. Right. That's why you've got men going out of their way to, and wives, women going out of the way to give their husband different spouse and in order to preserve the bloodline and keep the family line going and the family name going. That judgment is childlessness or judgment is to be cut off. Right. And to be burned is to cut that person off where they're not going to be buried. Yep. There's not going to be any land right. for them. There's not going to be any roots for them. Their memory is going to go up in smoke. Right. Right. I feel like yeah. you just said a lot there, so can, can I ask some questions here? Because, I, I mean, the, 
when you look at this is, and you said, talking about a person that's cursed if they're childless, is like, what does that look like for them? Are they, are they cursed and they don't have a relationship with Christ or are they cursed in a sense of, you know, not actually being a part of the body or, but then also are you, are you cursed if you have burned your, um, someone in the past instead of having a, a burial? All right, so the, the, one of the ways the judgment of God would come upon people in the Old Testament was to stop their line, mm-hmm. right? And that was um, a result of judgment. God literally said, I will make them childless. God, when God told, told the, um, the Israelites to go in and to destroy these godless nations, he literally said, and like women, children, all of them, like cut off their line yeah. because they're, they're idol worshipers. And so th- their line needs to, their line needs to end mm-hmm. here. Right. And when the Israelites failed to do that, it always came back and, and bit them because then their, the, that godlessness would end up leading them into idolatry later on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, childlessness, what's, what's the blessing? The blessing is what are we commanded to do in Genesis two? Fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply, right? Now, the curse comes in a couple different ways. One, because we're, we, we have, um, because our Adam and Eve sinned, the curse is upon us all, right? Mm-hmm. So we all are born in sin. Yeah. But also, the curse affects us physically. So sometimes we cannot produce children, and that is a result of the fall. That is a result of the curse. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not God actively cursing one person and saying, because you've been a sinner and you've been especially bad, I'm, I'm going to make you childless. Okay. No, absolutely not. That's just a result of the curse, a result mm-hmm. of the fall, yeah. right? But in some instances, it is a result of God's curse. A person being disobedient, a person worshiping idols, a person uh, not following God, and God will curse that person with barrenness, mm-hmm. right? Just as he curses the land. He curses the land with barrenness, mm-hmm. right? So a lack of fruitfulness. So that was in, that's, that's one of the ways the curse fell on people in the Old Testament. And I think it's uh, one of the ways the curse still falls on us today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even worse than that because I think many of us today, many people in our society don't even want children. They see children as a curse, one of the greatest blessings in life. Mm-hmm. They see children as a curse. And they're, they're self uh, what do I say it? They're, they're self-castrating. They're, they're taking everything they can possibly take in order to prevent pregnancy, in order to yeah. not get people pregnant. I've seen, uh, you know, liberal men today about the abortion de- decision that came out and uh, the reversal of Roe v. Wade say they're going to get um, a vasectomy. They're not even married and they're going to get a vasectomy. Um, I mean, this is really barrenness of thinking at this point. Barrenness you know? of yeah. thinking and taking it on barrenness of body. And body. They're, re- yes. they're taking the curse From, of God upon themselves. Right. Debased yeah. mind, right? Right. 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 It's a debased mind. Yeah. Right. It's a debased That's mind. Good. So, so yeah, it, it's a result. Barrenness is a result of a curse. You ask any woman who wants to get pregnant and she can't, if this, if this feels like a curse yeah. and that she will say, absolutely, this feels like a curse. Mm-hmm. And we would say, yeah, it's a result of the curse. Yeah. Right. It's a result of the fall. This isn't good. And, you know, we're, we're grieved about it. Like we're yeah. deeply grieved about it now that, so that's one question. The second question you asked was, is someone cursed for cremating their loved one? Um, I would say no, uh, they're not cursed for cremating their loved one. Um, however, they're, um, uh, you know, and, and we know 
God from dust we came, from dust we shall return. Yeah. yeah. Here's the idea. That casket will be dust eventually. That body and that thing will be dust eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and God can take from the dust and recreate that hum- human body. Right? Mm-hmm. But with the cremation, most of the time, there's no place to go. There's no headstone. There's no... Like, th- think about walking through a graveyard. Those last hundreds of years. Yeah. They last... When you cremate someone... I would say at best, the immediate family knows where it's at, remembers where it's at. Mm-hmm. Past that, you get to grandkids, they're not going to remember. You get to great-grandkids, they're definitely not going to remember. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's something that's less permanent yeah. about it, right? Yeah. So I would say, I, the way I'd answer that is that I think there's a loss of blessing. Mm. There's a loss of an immediate blessing of being able to, as a believer in Christ, to be able to really communicate the gospel to people who are coming to to this funeral. So I think there's a loss there. But I think then what we're talking about is we're t- talking about even more extended loss of blessing where there would be, as you're describing, a place in which we can say, there, there's their body. And yeah. this is where I come back to, that there is, in a sense, a, a witness uh, of, of my life, that my life has a legacy that I need to continue. I, you know, I come from someplace and I need to be laying down a legacy for other people to be yeah. following. So I think there's just, there's just a loss of legacy, a loss of blessing, uh, through this. And, and so I think as, as we're thinking about, it's important that we really think it through some of these decisions, particularly mm-hmm. in this particular, as I described at the very beginning, this is a rhythm of life Part of life is death, and we need to be thinking, how can we be thinking most Christianly about what we're going to do with this, With this, you know, as Satan throws his, his last, last punches uh, at us, how are we then going to take that and, and do a reversal and show, okay, and here's God's, you know, here's God's amazing victory over yeah. death, here is life. Yeah. Now, I'd, I'd like to just go one other direction here, and that is I think we do need to be thinking through, there is a cost. Yeah. So... We need to be creating a culture where our people realize it doesn't have to be co- that costly. And, uh, few, so you know you're going to try to get sold an amazing casket, right? Yeah. Don't go for that. Mm-hmm. Go for something inexpensive, something that is, you know, uh, it, it, we don't have to go for the grand, mm-hmm. wonderful celebrations in terms of, you know, well, I'd say weddings. Well, let's. You know, we need to be we need to be teaching our our, our folks that King Tut would disagree. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> for sure. Good point. Good point. <laughs> He's begging. <laughs> but he buried. He was buried. He was buried. He was buried. In a very fascinating way. So uh, you know, in the same way, you know, really trying to cut down on those costs. Do you know? You don't have to have something elaborate. It, it's it's really. You know, really pushing against that, and I, again, I go back to weddings the same way. We don't need these big, yeah. grand weddings. You know, let's make it make it reasonable so that we can do this. And you know, and maybe we need to come alongside people who, wow, it's really expensive. I can't afford it. Well, how can we be helping you to maybe yeah. make that happen? I don't know. I think too, we talked about on a couple podcasts ago. We just talked about finances yeah. and leaving something for your kids, mm-hmm. um, and not just leaving your kids with a bunch of bills and all these car payments, right, all these different right. things where then that covers the cost first and then they don't have nothing left over to, to right. actually bury you well. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, be you, thinking about if that. You're, if you're, you know, reach, you're, you know, you're, you're reaching 70 years of age, you should be preparing for this. You should be yeah. paying for your own stuff, you know, yeah. your own funeral, your own, finding your own location, doing all this stuff, leaving it in your will exactly what you want if you're a Christian. Yeah. Now, here, here's one area that I've been thinking about as we're talking about this. Um... 
rootlessness is an epidemic hmm. in our society. The reality that we're all, we say we're from somewhere, but we're not of somewhere. So, yeah, I was born and raised in Iowa, but then I went to school out in Colorado, and then I got my first job in California, and then I want to go to New York City, and then maybe I'll retire down in Florida, right? And and how individualistic that is. Sure. And think about what it does. So so why do, why is cremation in vogue? One, maybe because it's cheaper. Two, because we're a rootless people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to bury my, my mom somewhere that I'm never going to be able to visit. Right. I don't want to, you know, I've got a lot of family down in Alabama. You know, my grandma, great-grandma's mar- uh, buried down in, my great-grandpa and great-grandma are buried down in Alabama, and I remember going to the funeral, and I've never been back. Now, my parents have. My parents mm-hmm. have been back to it. But it, it reminds me, I'm, fu- I'm from somewhere, and they're, and they're buried somewhere. Now, when you just kind of spread ashes over their favorite place or whatever, it, it's just, there's a rootlessness to it. There's, yeah. there's a, you know, and so I'm, I'm thinking of what it does. It makes a thick community. Yeah. If people stay local, if people, this is where we're going to be buried. This is where we're going to raise our kids. That's grandma's, you know, that's, that's grandma's. Uh, gravestone. That's grandpa's gravestone. That's great grandma's. There's great, and there's mine. That's where mine's going to be. Yeah, that's good. It, it's there's just something. It makes a thick community. Yeah, you, uh, there's you, something rich about really it. Really interesting. When we moved to Pennsylvania, uh, and there's a lot of old churches there. You know, 200 years old, and they're very much what you're describing. They have typically they'll have a these old churches will have a stone fencing all the way around the building itself that has within that stone fencing, if you will, is all these burial sites. Now, can you imagine if you are living in that community, every Sunday you're walking by grandma and grandpa, great-grandma and great-grandpa, grandma and grandpa, yeah. potentially mom and dad, and you are walking by knowing there's my spot. That does something to the way you look at life. Yeah. You know, there's a quite, quite a reminder. And I know we don't live in that kind and of the, a, a... And the way you worship God. Because yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It talks about we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if you're root, if you're worshiping in a church your great grandpa started, mm-hmm. right, or their founding right. members of, right, and and your mom was raised here, and you were raised here, and their bodies are laying out back, like on the great resurrection day, guess what? You're all going to be right there together. Let's <laughs> go. That's awesome. Yeah, Isn't that, that kind of yeah. cool? Yeah, it really is. It um, really is. And if you're cremated, you're going to be running around mm-hmm. looking for your body. No, just joking. I can't find my foot. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Just joking. <laughs> just joking. It's over there next <laughs> to Aunt Betty. <laughs> no, it's down there. It it's, it's, it's out at sea. Right, right, right. One other thing I want to bring up. There is a burial and I just kind of mentioned it, you can be buried at sea. Hmm. And um, if, you are, if, you, if you die as a Navy seaman or something out at oh, sea, sure. um, well, even if you're on the ship and let's say you have a heart attack or something, you can be, and you can choose to be buried at sea. And they kind of, I just saw one recently, uh, they, they wrap them in something and they have this, platform thing that goes out above the boat and then it and they do the the gun salute and they do the whole thing the whole honor him and then they toss his body into the sea yeah and um and obviously if you die at sea you know if you die in a boat 
right? Or a boat wreck or boat crash or whatever, you're, you're going you're gonna to be buried. And one of the things that it talk, the scriptures talk about is that the sea will give, give up, up its dead. The sea will give up its dead. Yeah. You know? So that is a, that is, that is still a burial, right? And we know that because when we're baptized, when when we're baptized, that that is participation in the burial of Christ, right? There is a, you're being buried in the water, right? Right. That is, that is a burial. Um, So that was one other, one other thought that I have, because people are going to, I would ask about that. What happens (laughs) if you die at sea? What happens if you die here? Mm. Now, as Rob already mentioned, the martyrs were cremated. You know, and that's not going to, but an enemy was doing that to them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. An enemy was doing that to them. So obviously if, if you and it di- wasn't desired, yeah, if a person dies in a fire, you know, that's not what we're talking about. Right. Uh, we're talking about, and honestly, what we're talking about is what we're always talking about is let's think a little more deeply about yeah. this before we yeah. just do this, except yeah. this cultural practice yeah. mm-hmm. that comes from pagan paganism. Mm-hmm. Cremation comes from paganism. Right. It does not come from, uh, the Jewish tradition, it does not come from our Christian tradition. Right. So let's be thoughtful thoughtful before we do this to go back to Scripture and say, does, does God's Word say something about our body? Does it say something about our land, where we're going to you know, put down roots? Does it say something about these things? And we found out today, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think, you know, the beauty of this is that the resurrection will occur. And, you know, you do have individuals who have, you know, been blown to pieces you know, and, and their yeah. bodies have been scattered to who knows where he's that they will all come back together you know so god is god is sovereign he's great he's powerful he will be bringing them all back resurrection will occur however we get buried or burned it will it'll happen it'll yeah. reoccur yeah. so good news good news yeah, yeah. So, so if you ask me is cremation a sin i would say no it's not a sin but it i would say it's not wise and it's um you're missing out on a blessing. Yeah. Like, like Rob said, you're yeah. missing out on a significant well, you, blessing. You could even say cremation is not a sin, but the reason you're doing it could be. Mm. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Good point. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So hopefully this has been informative for you and interesting for you to listen to. If you like this, please pass it around. Send it to loved ones. Send it to family members. Put it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or if you're on any of those social medias anymore. Um, spread around. I just heard we had something around 35,000 podcast listens this year so wow. far, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty big number. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm thankful to God for that. I mean, we're, we're real close to Joe Rogan numbers, but... Uh, <laughs> we're coming, Joe. We're yeah, coming. Yeah, we're coming. <laughs> but uh, spread it around. It helps us as much as possible. helps uh, other people uh, listen to it. And if you've got any questions, email me, justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless.